This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doing It At Home podcast. We are here to create the space for pregnant home birth parents to have the most confident, empowered birth possible by providing inspiring stories, real conversations, and a supportive community. That's who we are. That is what we stand for. That's what we're about. And we're so honored that you are here with us in the community, in the space, on the journey. And I know within the group of our listeners, which we have quite a few that have built up over the years, and we love you all, there are the pregnant women and families who are planning for their birth. You might even be in preconception or the non-moms that we love who listen, who are exploring their options. And then there's just your good old-fashioned birth junkies who love to listen to all things birth and all the oxytocin vibes. So we love and appreciate all of you, wherever you are at within any of those descriptions, or if you are your own unique hybrid or group <laughs> within any of those, we just thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts really for, for being here and for listening. So you're awesome. Ooh, we have a really amazing birth story for you today. Before we get into that, quick shout out to Parents On Demand, our network that we are a part of. Thank you to the community there and just the wealth of resources and knowledge that is there within Parents On Demand. If you just go to the website, parentsondemand.com, Ooh, you are setting yourself up real nicely for some inspiring, empowering, educational material, stories, resources. 
trying to conceive, preconception, pregnancy, parenthood, the whole (laughs) experience is there for you. So go check it out and listen with the Parents on Demand app, the Pod Network app on your Android device or your Apple. Yeah. So either one, either app store, it is available for you for free to download and listen to the show. Okay. Birth story. So we're chatting with Jeanette Silberman today and we get to hear a really magical, beautiful birth story. And then we address some stuff that came up after birth, which I think is awesome because in the space of home birth, birth in general, and then particularly in home birth, what if dot, dot, dot comes up a lot? What if this or that? And, you know, what if the what ifs come up for ourselves, you know, with our partners, within our own families, uh, within yourself internally, with your birth team or your care provider. And then you get the question a lot of times of what if from family, friends, complete strangers that comes up. And, you know, Things don't always go to plan in birth or even right after in the postpartum. So with Jeanette today, we talk about her decision to home birth, which first of all is a really cool conversation because she works in a hospital, her husband works in a hospital. And so to unpack that and go through, you know, how to find the plan and the the space that resonated with them is really cool. And then of course, baby birth story is amazing. And Jeanette experienced postpartum hemorrhaging, which was managed very effectively and very calmly and swiftly by her midwives. Um, but after that, you know, even though it was managed, there was still significant blood loss that Jeanette had to recover from. So in the process of of figuring that out and what was best for them, they transferred to the hospital so that she could get a transfusion and get that boost that she needed to get back to feeling her her best and herself. So I just love this because it's an example of so many things and addresses some of those what ifs. And, you know, Jeanette really said it well when she said that you know, when you say you're having a home birth, people often respond with, you know, what if there is an emergency? And she shared that her postpartum hemorrhage was definitely emergent and something that needed to be dealt with, but that her midwives were badasses about it. And that most people don't understand the skill set of home birth midwives and the supplies that they carry for such circumstances, for such emergencies that come up. And that she and her husband and their family, they always felt safe. And I love that. And so it's a beautiful example of that. And I think it's inspiring and encouraging for any of you who maybe experience something like that and want to feel that that connection of, of feeling heard and understood and other people have gone through something similar. And just to present that the what ifs can be addressed when we have a powerful perspective and when we have experts and uh, people who know what they're doing and that it can all be managed effectively. So thank you so much to Jeanette for sharing her story with us. I know you're going to love it. Quick word from our sponsors and then we'll dive right in. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, Jeanette. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. How are you? Hi, Sarah. Thank you. I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We're going to have some fun today. Um, uh, we were yes. having a, a lot of cool conversations before we hit record. So I just know like we've got the energy up. We've got some things established <laughs> and we're like ready to roll. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. So tell us a little bit about you, your family, where you live. Yeah, so it is me. My name is Jeanette. I uh, am married to Jeff. We have uh, two Siberian Huskies. Those are my first babies, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, and then our daughter, Liv, who is 15 months old. Um, we are originally from Southern California, but we moved up to Portland, Oregon, and we've been here for about five or so years. Um, and I am a childbirth educator, so I work in two um, kind of the major hospital systems in the area teaching childbirth education, um, and then I also dabble in a little birth doula work as well, uh, and then Jeff is a registered nurse, so mm. we both kind of work within the hospital system. Yeah, very cool, and I love that. You know, I love all the perspectives, and particularly for some, you find whether it's some who are hesitant about home birth or family members who are hesitant about home birth, people like to hear stories of people within the hospital or working within the, you know, medical system in certain capacities who choose home birth, kind of as a, I don't know, maybe it's a thing that makes people feel a little bit better or it's some sort of validation for some people about the choice for home birth, but it's just cool to see everyone, you know, it's all across the board as far as who chooses home birth. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, actually, as Jeff was sharing kind of our birth story with some of his coworkers in the hospital, he found out, you know, he's got some other um, other nurses that he works with that are like, oh, I actually had a home birth. Oh, I had a home birth. Um, we actually met somebody that uh, works with Jeff who actually used our same midwives. And so oh. it's kind of interesting that um, you just kind of, once you've had a home birth, you can kind of find the, the people that also have, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And another thing we were talking about, too, is kind of the, the pockets of very big home birth communities in the country. And would you say Portland yeah. is one of them? 
I would say so. Yeah. So yeah, in my, in my kind of like journey to home birth, and I'm sure that we'll get um, to that. I never, you know, before I moved to Portland, I never really met anybody who had had home birth. Um, I didn't have any family, any friends that had home, had home birth. Um, I had worked in labor and delivery for quite some time and I had seen kind of what birth looks like in the hospital, um, for quite a bit, but I did also see some home birth transfers. We um, had a birth center nearby, so we got some transfers from there. We also got some transfers from home, um, and so I was really intrigued, and I was like, what do you mean they've done this at home? Like, mm-hmm. What is this about? Um, and then when I moved up to Portland, it's like when I started working in the birth community here, um, although I teach in the hospital, most of my coworkers, I'd come to find out, they'd be like, oh, I had my two babies at home. Oh, I had my babies at home. Um, and it was a lot more common. And of course, that's because I'm working in the birth community for right. sure, but um, also just because it's a lot more common in the Portland area for sure. Mm. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about your own choice, your own decision, and you and Jess and how you kind of came to that and arrived at home birth. Yeah, um, so it wasn't. It was never something that was super clear. Of course, it was something that I was interested in. Um, I kind of had seen, uh, you know, what hospital birth looked like, and there was just hesitation for me that I just didn't know that that was going to be the best fit, or I just felt like maybe. Um, like emotionally, it was going to be a lot. And I felt like it was going to be a lot of um, kind of a lot of pressure and a lot more work to get really what I was looking for in terms of birth. Mm. Um, and so I definitely had discussed it with Jeff, like just throughout our you know entire relationship. I'm such a birth nerd and I always have been. Um, I've actually been teaching as a childbirth educator and I like to um, steal this term from you as a non-mom. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was teaching, I was teaching, um, you know, for, I was teaching for about two years without having kids of my own um, and then doing birth work and kind of working that, that setting for a while. Um, you know, I had just discussed like what hospital birth looks like versus what home birth looks like. And Jeff was kind of like, eh, we'll see about that. Um, you know, and then in October, I guess it was October, 2017, I became pregnant and it was very quick and we didn't really have any sort of a game plan. It was one of those like, oh, wow, that worked. Uh, now what? Um, and so we kind of discussed the options a little bit. Um, but Jeff being my financial advisor that he is, (laughs) Jeff looked at it very matter of fact. And he's like, listen, out of hospital birth is going to cost us this much money. Um, the hospital that Jeff works for is absolutely lovely. Uh, kind of all those all inclusive, we've got great benefits, um, through this hospital. Um, and for him, it's like for us to have a baby, at our home hospital is five dollars. <laughs> mm. For us to have an out of hospital birth is, you know, how much money? And so we looked at the and for him it was just like a cost thing. Mm. And then also I think he was a little bit skeptical on like are these people certified nurse midwives? Are they just, you know, licensed midwives? What does this actually look like? Um and so I kind of went with it and was like, Yeah, you're right. Like financially responsible. I mean this who cost money to have a baby. And, uh, so let's just kind of go forward with the hospital birth sort of thing. Um, but I definitely was hesitant on that. And I had been listening to your podcast from the start, actually. So mm-hmm. definitely as a non-mom before I even considered having babies and just throughout the beginning of pregnancy, I just kept like listening to different birth stories on your podcast and being like, these women are just doing this. And I feel like, I just don't know. I think I need to do it. Um, 
And so we moved forward with the hospital experience, and we just had a couple of things that stood out. Our first um, ultrasound experience uh, at about 10 weeks, um, you know, we were so excited. We were looking forward to it. Uh, and the appointment just didn't go as I as expected. There was a couple like funny things. Um, the place where we got our prenatal care, for example, um, it shared a waiting room with an urgent care. Oh and it my. was flu season. And it was flu season, you know, when we're going in. It was the day after Christmas. This is our first ultrasound. I'm so excited. And then we walk in and then, you know, we're sitting in this waiting room. And this waiting room that's right next to us is filled with a bunch of sick people. And I'm a little bit of a germaphobe. And I'm like, oh, man, babe, I don't think I can do this. And he's like, you're okay. Like, we'll make it. Um, and after that first appointment, it was just kind of like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We're just going to, I don't know if I can do it. So I did actually set up a hospital tour pretty early on. So usually when um, people attend um, maternity tours, they're, they're, you know, further into pregnancy. And then we have some people that are kind of shopping that go really early on. And so we went at about 12 uh, weeks and took a hospital tour of labor and delivery. And when we got there, I was just not feeling comfortable. You know, I'm opening the bathroom door and I'm just like looking around and I'm like, it's great. It's beautiful. I just, don't know if I can do it. And by the time we got to the car, I just started crying. Um, and Jeff looked at me and he's like, are you crying because you're excited or are you crying because we're having home birth? And I was like, because we're going to have a home birth. Oh. I was like, there's just no way. I said, I just, you know, this is a great hospital and this is a great place to be if necessary. But if I'm a low risk, I want to be at home. Mm. You know, I just want to, I'm a homebody. I love my house. I love my dogs. Um, I just wanted to be in the, in, you know, in control and be in my familiar setting. And that's just really, that's where I needed to be. Um, and so at that point, Jeff was like, all right, let's do it. You know, he was still a little bit hesitant, I think. Um, and so then we went on and interviewed, uh, midwives and we found, um, uh, midwives. It's a pair of midwives actually that we were referred to by some really great friends and, uh, some coworkers of mine, so definitely multiple people had um, had recommended them, and we went into the interview, and I was just thinking, like, you know, Jeff's going to go in there with all of these, you know, medical <laughs> questions, you know, um, and we went in and we asked a couple of questions, and the midwives just kind of took over and told us, you know, this is what this looks like. These are all the supplies that we have. This is what we have in case of emergency for resuscitation for. Um, you know, medications for hemorrhage and they just kind of went over everything and we walked out of there and Jeff was like giving hugs and he walks out and he's like, great, so we'll just do that. Um, and he was so sad. He was like, we don't need to interview anybody else, right? And I was like, well, I think we're supposed to. And he was like, nah, I love them. Let's do this. <laughs> I was like, great. So it was just kind of like, um, there was just a switch in both of us and we were like, yeah, this is what, this is what we're going to do. This is great. Mm. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. I just love hearing that that process and the support you had and kind of like this teamwork mm-hmm. thing. I don't know. I, I, I love – and of course, this is possible in the hospital and in different care models. One thing I just find as a trend, as a pattern in home birth – if you, you you can have it if you want it. You know, partners get to be a lot more involved, I feel like, or at least part of the culture is such that they're included in more of the conversations and in the decision making. Uh, just that's something we experienced. And I just I found that to be a really pleasant uh, add to the whole experience. 
Yeah, I feel like that's something that we also like took away from our first, um, you know, hospital-based appointment. We were with hospital-based midwives, but our appointment was maybe, you know, 12 minutes long. And um, we had a couple questions that got answered, but got answered very quickly. Um, and then, you know, our first appointment with the midwives, it was like an hour, probably longer, because Jeff and I are both chatty and we <laughs> loved our midwives. Um, and so we just, Jeff felt a lot more involved as well, like in those appointments, um, you know, being able to ask questions and um, they were very just uh, detailed in everything. And so it just made us really excited. We were so excited every time we had an appointment with our midwives. We were so stoked um, <laughs> because it was so, it was just such a different experience. And we just felt really loved on and really respected. And um, one thing that we did do, which I think was pretty cool, is that we did continue kind of a co-care with mm. the hospital-based midwife. Um, so we found a midwife within the hospital that was able to support us in that. So we told her we're going to have, um, a home birth. We're seeing these midwives for our care, but we continued our care with the hospital, um, with what we like to call the milestone appointments. So we had our first ultrasound, our 20 week ultrasound, um, any blood work or anything like that we did through the hospital. And then we also did, um, our 37 or 38 week appointment where they kind of did uh, testing for GBS and then they also did a bedside ultrasound to make sure babies, you know, head down and things like that. And so we felt really comfortable with that, knowing that if anything did happen and we did need to transfer, that they would still have all of our records and it sure. wouldn't be the first time that they've seen us. Mm -hmm. um, so we did that and we were, we were glad that we did that because when we ended, ended up, uh, you know, spoiler alert, we ended up <laughs> transferring to the hospital. They were, they were aware and they had all yeah. of the information they needed, which was great. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. I, I love that. I love that there can be, I, again, like I just go back to team approach. So within you and your family, and then also with care providers that yeah. when the mentality is for everyone to win and for parent and baby to be cared for and best interest at heart. And, you know, to many of the things you already mentioned, low risk, you know, already have a lot of the the mindset and education between the two of you as far as pregnancy and birth is concerned. So all of that taken into account, I love when care providers are open to that, you know, the dual approach and, you know, just what's going to work, what's going to support everyone the best uh, and to to have the contingent, to contingencies and all of that is uh, just so dope <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And we, we were, you know, I just feel like, um, I feel like it was easy to do that co-care and I, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting a little bit of, um, kind of pushback or, you know, making, making me come to more appointments than necessary, that sort of a thing. Um, because there's hospital policy and I totally sure. understand that working for a hospital, I understand why they do a lot of the things that they do, but this midwife was like, no, that's cool. Just check base with me. Let's, touch base via email, um, you know, when we did our glucose testing and things like that, um, you know, we just had our midwives were very much in contact with the hospital-based midwives and can just send over our information, which was great. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Jeanette, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk birth time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so as we're getting close to the end of pregnancy, what's the general what's the general vibe? How were you feeling? What was going on? Yeah, um, you know what? I was feeling pretty great um, emotionally. I was feeling great physically, of course, and the pregnancy type stuff was going on for sure. Um, you know, all the aches and pains and and things like that. But I had stopped working um, about a month before my due date, which was really nice. Um, And so I just kind of had that last month of pregnancy to relax, to walk my dogs. I was swimming a lot. I was trying to be really active, but I was also taking naps a lot, (laughs) knowing that those times were going to be a few and far between after baby's born. Um, And yeah, I was, definitely noticing that I was having a lot of contractions um, kind of towards end of day if I was up and doing a lot and that sort of a thing. Um, but then definitely there was a, uh, the last couple days of pregnancy, like every evening, I was like, what is going on? Um, kept feeling like I was having contractions, but nothing that was, nothing that was, um, you know, taking my breath away, nothing that's getting, you know, longer, stronger, closer together, that sort of thing. It was just like, man, um, kind of prodromal labor is what, mm-hmm. is what I kind of chopped it up to be. Um, but then on, let's see, August 1st, I was due on July 28th. Um, so no surprise that I went past my due date. I was very much planning for that, expecting that. Um, and then on August 1st, uh, which was a Wednesday, I remember that I went swimming. I, I went for a long swim. I was just feeling awesome that morning. I went for a super long swim, um, got home and noticed I was having more contractions. So I was like, oh, I'll just drink some water, sit down. And they kind of just kept coming throughout the day. Um, Jeff came home and made me dinner, which was so nice, um, made a beautiful dinner. And then unfortunately, as soon as it was ready, I um, 
ever so nicely declined and was like, you know what? I'm not feeling, I'm like, I'm not feeling so good. I think I just want to go to bed early. Um, and my doula brain, like the whole week or so that I was due, I was going to bed early. Cause my doula brain was like, you're going to wake up in the middle of the night in labor. And so you need to be going to bed early every night. Mm. Um, so I definitely, uh, went to bed early and I was, still having contractions, but I was ignoring them because I had had them for, you know, a couple days. Uh, I was finally like, wow, now my back hurts. I got out a heating pad and I was like, J- I just, I feel like my, my whole birth story, the like inner dialogue that I was having with myself was probably hysterical. I wish I would have written down like more of my thoughts, but I remember just being like, don't do it, Jeanette. Like, do not get out of this bed. Stay in this bed. Go back to sleep because this, like, you're in it for the long haul. You need to get as much sleep as possible. Um, and I remember Jeff coming into bed and, and me just being like, you know what, I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable. I'm just going to go out to the living room for a bit. Don't worry. I'll let you know, like, if it's the real deal. And Jeff's like, okay, cool. Like he's not going to turn down any opportunity to just go to sleep. So he, he went to bed and I think by about 10 or 11, I was like, yeah, I'm out of here. Um, and I went out into the living room and kind of got on the birth balls and played some music, kept all the lights down. Um, and I started timing them and I was like, okay, these are definitely, this is labor for sure. Um, but this is stupid. You should go back to bed because (laughs) this is going to be a long time. I just kept telling myself I'm going to be in labor for three days, so I should really get as much sleep as possible. Um, and I just couldn't, I kept trying to lay down on the couch and every time I'd lay down, it's like, no way. When a contraction would happen, I'd have to be forward leaning or on hands and knees or something, um, probably baby's position. Um, but yeah, there was no sleep happening. And then at around five o'clock, I remember time just, I don't know where the time went. I didn't know that I was out there for that long, but Jeff came out at like five o'clock because his alarm went off to go to work. And so he walked out and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, am I going to work today? Like, should I call out for work? Like, are you in labor? And I was like, oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess I've been out here for a while. And I'm like looking at my contraction timer and I'm like, oh, I guess I've been out for about six hours. So yeah, you should probably call out for work. Um, and then he instantly like kind of got into not panic mode, but he was like, all right, we should call midwives. And I was like, nah, it's, it's early. It's 5 a.m. I'm not going to wake anybody for, you know, for no good reason. Um, and he just hates that about me. I always wanted to be the good patient. If I ever had any concerns during pregnancy or anything like that, he'd be like, well, why don't you call the midwife? And I'm like, no, it's okay. I'm sure it's all right. Um, and so he was a little stressed. He's like, I'm going to call him if you don't call him because I just need someone to know that this is what we're doing. Um, so I think I wait, I think I made him wait until 8am, like at least wait until eight so they can get good night's sleep before you like wake anybody. Their office opens around eight. So then you can call them then. Um, and so they, when we called them, they, um, do an early labor assessment. So they come to the house and just kind of see where you're at and confirm that you're actually in labor. Um, so our midwife came through at about 9am. Um, and I, during pregnancy was not super keen on the idea of having vaginal exams um, during pregnancy and then during labor. But then when she got there, I'm like, yeah, let's just like, I'd like to know if I'm at a two, like if I'm at a two and we're like super far away from, um, from this and that's good information to know. Uh, Cause I just kind of couldn't tell like what was going on. This was not at all painful. It was just, you know, pressure. It wasn't pain with those contractions. Like it just felt like, 
um, kind of an intense pressure or squeezing and then it would go away. And I'm like, this isn't too bad. Um, so in my mind, I'm thinking this is so far, like we're so far away from, you know, labor at this point. Um, but they, they did a check and she's like, well, you're, you're about four centimeters. So yeah, this is, looks like this is early labor. Um, you know, how do you want to proceed? And I was like, well, no, you leave. We're going to go walk and do all this stuff. I had all these big plans for, um, early labor that of course didn't pan out. Um, but yeah, once, um, once they left, we kind of walked through the neighborhood. I planned on doing a lot of walking. We walked one very small loop throughout the neighborhood and I was just vocalizing so loud that I was like, this is so embarrassing. Like everyone can hear me. We need to go back inside. Um, and so that didn't, that didn't pan out, but, um, we got back inside, we called our doula. She, um, she headed over within an hour or so. And, um, the midwife sent their, um, birth assistant to drop off the birth tub. So we planned on using water, um, for comfort or for birth, however it worked out. Um, so they came and set up the birth tub and then they left and said, call us when you're ready. Call us when you feel like it's, when it's time, when you feel like it's time to get in the water, give us a call. Um, and so probably about two o'clock, um, I didn't mention this prior, but I was GPS positive. And so we had the conversation, kind of looked at the evidence and decided we wanted to move forward with getting antibiotics during labor. Um, so that was one of my big concerns was because, you know, you have no idea how long labor is going to take. You know, I could be four centimeters and have a baby within an hour, or I could be four centimeters and have a baby within 24 hours. Um, but with the antibiotics, you want to have uh, at least two doses of the antibiotics and you have to have them four hours apart. They have to be spaced every four hours. So I was starting to get a little concerned at 2 p.m. to be like, to think, okay, well, when should we actually start these antibiotics? Because I definitely want at least two doses of the penicillin before birth. And so I was just feeling a little unsure. Um, so they came back at around two and, uh, kind of got started getting things set up. We got the antibiotics going and then they did an exam around three 30, um, to kind of just see, kind of just to confirm that it was actually active labor because we had kind of started this, this round of antibiotics. Um, and so at three 30, I was already seven centimeters. Uh, and so for me, for me, this is the point where everything was so surreal. I was like, this is not actually happening. Like, mm -hmm. I can't believe, like, my whole life being total birth nerd, obsessed with anything pregnancy, childbirth related, like, here I am, and I'm at seven centimeters. And I'm actually quite surprised that it's going as well as it is. <laughs> um, because my one of my big hesitations with home birth is I was like, how bad is this going to hurt? Like, just be honest. I've seen a lot of birth. I've heard a lot of birth. And I'm just like, I don't know if I, I was concerned that I didn't know if I had it in me, that I could do it, you know? Um, and everyone was just like, yeah, you're seven centimeters. You're doing great. Everyone was very optimistic. And I was still a little bit like, are you serious? Are you guys sure? Um, and one thing that um, uh, Jeff talks about, I just kept asking everybody, like, do you guys think she's going to come out today? <laughs> And they were like, yeah. And I'm like, really? And then I remember at one point I asked everybody in the room, you know, there was two birth assistants, a uh, midwife and then the doula. 
And I just kept asking everyone, do you think she's going to be born today, like on this day? And they were like, yeah. And I'm like, does everybody in the room concur? <laughs> and they were like, yeah. Like they all, they all were like, what are you talking about? And then I definitely, like we lived in a pretty small house and we have these huge, like, or we had these huge bay windows in the front. So we closed up all the curtains. We kind of closed up all the windows so that it was nice and dark in there. And so that, you know, the male lady couldn't see in and see me like birthing in the tub. Um, so at one point they were like, what time do you think it is? And I'm like, I don't know, like nine or 10. They're like, it's three 30. Mm. And I was like, really? You know, like time had already escaped me. Yeah. I, you know, I was, I was just in a different, uh, in a different place, but still in a really good place. Um, and I just, you know, was in the tub, which I absolutely loved. I felt like a mermaid, um, floating around in the water <laughs> and I would flip over on, on the hands and knees for every contraction. And it was great. Um, at some point, Jeff like went outside to water the hop garden. We have we had a um, a bunch of hops that were strung up on the side of the house. He was outside like watering. At some point, I'm like you know petting the dogs in between contractions. It was like this is so dreamy. This is exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and then you know at some point we could tell that the contractions were definitely starting to slow down a bit, which is a sign that I need to get out of the tub and get moving. Um, so I remember thinking in my head, like before anyone had said anything, I was like, I wonder if anyone's noticing that these contractions are slowing down because they really don't want to get out of this water. Like the second you get out of the water, the contractions were way worse. Um, and I was just feeling so good in the tub. And then I think at some point my midwife was like, what do you think about getting out and going for a walk? And I was like, dang it. Like, yeah, I guess. I knew that's, and, you know, I knew that's kind of where it was heading. I did, definitely wasn't looking forward to it. Um, and then, so I definitely got in and out of the tub a few times. I went outside um, and just walked around our backyard, which was great. The contractions were super intense when I was up and walking around. So I was vocalizing pretty loud um, in our backyard, which at the time I kept thinking, like, this is so funny. They probably wonder, like, what in the world? You know, our, our neighbors didn't know we were having a home birth. Um, and it was like, you know, middle of the day, 5.30, people are coming home from work. And I just kept thinking they, they all of the neighbors could hear me. The whole neighborhood could probably hear me back there. Um, but again, it was just another cool thing. You know, on my breaks in between contractions, I'm sitting in the patio furniture, petting my dogs. And then I was walking around during contractions in my, in my own backyard, which was great. Um, and that's when things kind of took a turn and started to get pretty real for me. That's when, you know, I definitely had a little emotional break where we went back inside and I, I you know, shed some tears. And it wasn't that it was too much and I was in pain. It was just kind of an emotional break, which I think a lot of happens for a lot of people at yeah. some point in active labor. Um, but I remember, like, when I was crying and, you know, Jeff came up and he gave me a hug and he didn't say much this entire experience. He was just kind of there and didn't really say much, which I think was good in the moment. Um, but he came up and he's like, it's okay. And I was like, I know it's okay. I know. And in my head, I just kept thinking, like, here we go. Like, here's your emotional break. Now we're taking the turn into the hard stuff to just kind of get ready. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was just really, really kind of surreal for me. Um, and then I remember at one point getting out of the tub, getting, going to and from the tub, going from the tub to the bathroom kind of in back. And at one point I remember my midwife just being like, 
you know, I think we can take these off now. Like I was pretty conservative. And so I was wearing, you know, like underwear and um, like a little bralette in the tub. And then at some point I remember her being like, I think maybe these should come off now. Like saying that my underwear should come off. And I was like, really? Like it blew my mind. Like, do you think the baby's going to come off soon? Like, this is so crazy. Um, and then that was probably, I'd say around six, around 6.30. So we've been at this for quite some time now, but around 6.30, um, I just, there was a shift and all of a sudden I was shaking. I was nauseous. Um, I had this like really intense pain in my lower back. It actually just felt like my butt. I remember saying like my butt, like eating counter pressure on my back. Um, and then I remember in between contractions, like looking up and Jeff was crying and I wasn't crying. I was totally good. I was just working hard. And things got super intense. And I remember looking at Jeff and being like, are you crying? And he's like, yeah, this is crazy. And I was like, I'm fine. You don't need to cry. Like, but you also need to push on my back right now. This is getting really intense. Um, and that was at about 6.30. So for in my head, like my inner dialogue was like, all right, this is science of transition. This is great. Um, I remember I threw up at that time, too. So I was like, great. That's probably an extra centimeter right there. <laughs> um, and I was like, in my head, I was thinking, this is tough, but this is good. Like, we're, if, you know, if all these things are happening, we're pretty close. And that was at 6.30. And so, well, she was not born that day. <laughs> it, it was so hard. Um, around, so after about an hour and a half of that, of like a really hard work transition, I remember just being like, something's got to change. I looked up at my midwives and we're like, you have to break my bag of water. So you got to do something like we got to get this show on the road because I can't do this for too much longer. Mm. Um, and then I remember she was, you know, of course she's, uh, she's like, you're, you're okay. You know, she just gave, she gave some sympathy, but also just gave some guidance on like, let's keep doing this. Let's try this. Um, and I just remember thinking my inner dialogue was like, all right, you're going to stay in this tub and maybe die in this tub, or you're going to get out of this tub and go sit on the damn toilet <laughs> because it's the best place to be. Like if we need to get, if we need to get that final bit of work done. Um, and that was the worst place for me. I, I did end up getting the, the guts to get out of that tub and to go sit on the toilet, which um, I like to call in my classes the dilation station. <laughs> it's just the, per- the perfect spot to be, like the perfect, um, you know, position for your pelvis to be and to use gravity and to just, you know, get get some work done. So I made it in there and I wanted to be by myself and I remember shutting the door. And this was the moment where I was like, no way, this is so intense. And I had that moment of just like, what am I doing um, and really oddly, Sarah, I thought of you because yeah. I remember from your Same. story. <laughs> yeah. I remember your first story with Maya that you had said, like, that was the time when you questioned it yeah. when you were sitting on the tub and you were like, whoa, this is insane. Yeah. Um, so I was in the bathroom by myself and I was probably in there for like a good half hour. Um, and I just remember thinking, like, this is so nuts. And in my inner dialogue, I remember I was at this point talking to God and I was like, you know, I trust your design. I trust my body that it can do this work. It's perfectly made to do this work, but this also does not seem efficient. Like yeah. this is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so there, it must have been a better way. Like this is insane. Um, and then, you know, that, that uh, I, I was by myself, you know, at that point. And then I remember calling out to, I just, the door was slightly open 
And I have this wonderful picture of me. Our bathroom was so tiny in that last house. And I have a picture of my arm, like reaching outside the door, like gripping the, um, the door frame, <laughs> like so intensely. So you can see that I'm kind of sitting on the toilet and my arm is just gripping that door frame. Um, and I was just kind of, I was going, I was going through it in the bathroom and I remember calling out and just being like, um, help and just seeing like who was, who was going to come. Um, and one of the birth assistants came and she was like, are you okay? And I said, you know what? I'm not. And I, there's one thing that my, um, my childbirth educator mentor, actually, she always says in classes that there's a big difference between coping and suffering and no one needs to suffer through labor, you know, that sort of thing. And I definitely wasn't suffering, but I needed everyone to know that I wasn't coping well anymore. Mm. So I was very careful about my vocabulary because I, yeah. I didn't want anyone to think that, like, I can't do this. I want to go to the hospital. That never crossed my mind. Um, it never crossed my mind to go to the hospital. It never crossed my mind, like, I wish I had an epidural. Um, I just needed someone to know that this is crazy and I'm not coping well anymore. Um, and she came down and she said, you know what? We have all been there. I have been there before. I have been on the toilet saying these exact words before. She goes, that means you're almost done. Mm. And I just, I remember just being like, thank you. Like, I just needed someone to tell me that, that this is still going to happen and that I'm going to make it through. Yeah. This part is, this is the hard part. Um, and so then, um, you know, my midwife came in and she said, you know, do you want to get some more information? Let's kind of see what's going on. Cause at this point it was, um, let's say about 11 PM. Um, and I was, uh, about nine centimeters. So nine centimeters, but she said that I had a cervical lip. And so she's like, that's, you know, that's the holdup. We have a cervical lip. How would you feel about me resolving that for yeah. you? And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm like, I know what that means. And it's going to be awful. But let's just get this like, mm. fine, let's get it. Let's just get it done. Um, so then I'm sitting on the toilet. My midwife's got her hands, you know, up my up the birth canal and um, trying to resolve that cervical lip, which is where she just actually pushes that little last bit of cervix over the baby's head. Yeah. Um, and that for me was like that was by far the word, the the hardest, most difficult part of that labor for sure. And I remember Jeff was just sitting, like sitting up against the wall outside the bathroom and his hands were just like covering his face. Uh, and my inner dialogue wanted to be like, this is okay. This is still normal. Right. Yeah, because <laughs> I think he started to just be like, what is going on? Um, this is so, you know, it's hard to see the person you love in, in that much, in that much pain for sure. sure. Um, but as soon as she did that, you know, as soon as she was able to resolve that, um, shortly after that, I started to feel pressure um, with each contraction. And I was like, all right, here we go. We're we're pushing. Um, so I pushed a little bit on the toilet, pushed it a little bit in the tub. And then in the, I wish that it could have worked out in the tub, but I felt like I just didn't have the grasp or the yeah. grip. Um, I needed to hold on to something and there's handles on there, but you're just kind of slipping and sliding around in the, in the pool. And, uh, I've definitely seen a lot of births where w the water's fantastic. It may not just might not be the place where you give birth in just mm -hmm. depending on, um, especially for first time parents, you, it's a very physical event to push the baby out. Yeah. Um, so I moved into the bed at some point, um, into my room and, um, that was the best place for me to be because in between contractions, I was actually sleeping. Like I remember like kind of dozing off coming to when the kind of peak of the contraction would hit. Um, and so we started pushing probably shortly after 
uh, let's say like 1130 or so. Um, and we pushed for quite some time. Um, Liv wasn't born until 1.58 a.m. Mm. So we were definitely pushing for over two, over two hours. Um, but I do remember at one point when we started to actually see her head. It was a little bit before 1 o'clock is when you started to see her head with those pushes. So I just kept thinking, like, we're almost there. I remember just having my hand on her head that whole time, which was so unbelievably surreal for me. And beyond exciting um and my midwives were like this girl's got hair this girl's got hair and I'm like what color is it I mean it was so it was so crazy and so exciting all, all at the same time um but from the time that we could actually see her head until the time she was born was uh, a little over an hour so that was interesting I was like why is this taking so unbelievably long um, and then by the time her head actually delivered, um, she had her hand up at her face. Little sweetheart didn't listen to my instructions yeah. um, during pregnancy. <laughs> I kept telling her, the, like, let me tell you the path of least resistance, Liv. Take that, um, take that path. <laughs> so she definitely did not listen. She had her hand up by her face, which can make that, like, that's a compound presentation, just can make that whole process a little bit more difficult. Um but I remember as soon as her head delivered, she was crying. She was screaming. And I remember being a little bit out of it and being like, is she out? Mm. And then the was like, no, she's not. We need a big push from you right now. And I was like, what? I had never seen a birth like that where a baby's head is born um, and they're already crying. Um, and so that was, that was kind of, uh, that was interesting for me. That was something new that I learned. Uh, about birth. Um, but then with that next push, I mean, she came out and they brought her right up to my chest and it was just, you know, bliss, absolute bliss. Um, for me, I I don't remember if I was crying really. I just remember being like, wow, I had this, like, um, this really huge overwhelming feeling of like for life, like you are mine. I could cry talking about it, but Mm -hmm. just had this feeling like this is for life. You are mine for the rest of my life. I can't even believe that this just happened and we're here. And I remember looking up at Jeff who was right behind me and just being like, it's our baby. And I expected like any sort of emotion from him. <laughs> and his face was like absolute shock. Oh. And I asked him about it last night. So I was kind of going over, I took some notes down last night and I was like, what were you thinking? Like when she was born and he was like, Oh, she looked so weird. <laughs> she just didn't even look like a baby. She looked so weird. She just looked like an alien. I don't know. It was really, really weird. And I was like, well, that's nice. I mean, at least be honest. And I think it's important. Probably other partners have felt that way and they should hear that as well. He just like didn't feel a connection to her immediately. and was Mm -hmm. just like, what in the world just happened? Um, He also thought she looked huge. Like, I think he expected, you know, just based on what they look like, you know, from the belly. And then as soon as they come out, yeah, she was a big baby. So I think he was just in shock, which was so funny. Um. And then that's when, you know, that's when stuff uh, definitely took a turn. We had, I would say, about 10 minutes uh, of bliss postpartum. Um, But I could tell uh, while I I was holding Liv and just kind of, you know, just examining her and looking at her. And I could see that my midwife was like still paying close attention to what was going on uh, downstairs, shall we say. Yeah. Um, and she said, you know, Jeanette, we've got some moderate um, bleeding here. So we're just going to give you a little mixture of herbs uh, in hopes of slowing it down. And so within about 10 minutes, um, I had a little shot 
a little shot glass of some herbs, which tasted horrible. Um, and she was continuing to do like a fundal massage. And then after another about five minutes, she's like, you know what? We really need to get this placenta delivered and let's get this in the court cut. And you can kind of see that she wanted to like move this along. And in yeah. my head, I was thinking, I was thinking something's up. Like I'm, I'm bleeding a little bit more than usual because usually they would just let that process, you know, kind of go and, and, um, you could tell that she wanted to she wanted to manage it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and then you know the placenta delivered with uh, some of her assistants, and Jeff had said that from his view that I was bleeding quite a bit before that had happened before the placenta delivered. But as soon as the placenta delivered, he said it went from bleeding quite a bit to uh, just pouring out, mm. just so much, so much blood. Um, and for him, you know, I asked him last night and I was like, you know, how are you feeling like at that point? And he said, you know, I, because of his job and what he does, he's like, I work with blood. I see blood all the time. He said, so I wasn't really concerned. I didn't know what was normal. So he said, I knew looking at it, that it was a lot, but I didn't know what was normal and what was considered abnormal. Um, and then I knew instantly, as soon as the placenta delivered and I just like felt that gush, in my head, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm hemorrhaging right now. Mm. This is happening. Um, and my midwife, one thing that I have to say is that my midwives are badass. <laughs> <laughs> they were so amazing. Um, I knew instantly when that happened, um, my midwife called out for the assistant to drop some Pitocin. And I was like, okay. Um, and within a few minutes, I mean, I had a shot of Pitocin in my thigh. She was massaging, uh, doing a fundal massage. Um, and then after a couple minutes, she called for them to do a shot of methogen, which is a different type of medication to contract the uterus. And uh, then she called for them to start an IV and to do some fluid replacement. So, I mean, she was just wow. shouting out orders and just like kind of handling this. And there was never, there was never a point for me where I felt panicked. I just felt like my midwife has this. She's not worried. She's just doing her job. She's, she's handling it. Um, and I, I never felt nervous. I never felt like it didn't feel traumatic to me at the time. Um, which is another reason why I'm so glad that we had a home birth because I've seen what this looks like in the hospital and it looks a lot different than this. Wow. Um, most times, um, I still had my baby in my arms. My husband was still sitting right behind me. I mean, it was, um, the way that it was handled was just so I, I have so much respect for my midwives and I, um, I'm so thankful that, uh, that I had the midwife that I had. She just did such a great job. Um, but then, like, so she she handled it. Um, the bleeding had slowed or had had stopped. They they were able to get um, the bleeding under control after you know I would say within the first thirty minutes after birth. But I definitely have lost a lot of blood. Um, Jeff says if you've seen the show Dexter, he was like it was like the scene from Dexter in our bedroom. It was like <laughs> it was intense. Um, and I just knew because I was sitting in pools of it, you know, and it, I was just like, yeah, that's, that's a lot. This is intense. Um, but so probably around two 30, Liv was born right before two, probably around two 30 was like the first mention. My midwife was like, eh, let's talk. And I just was like, no, like instantly I was emotional. Yeah. I was upset. And she said, you know, Jeanette, you've lost a lot of blood and, I just want to like I just want to start the conversation of potentially transporting to the hospital for some extra support, yeah. and I just 
I just said, no, I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, what else can we do? Like, let's do Let's, you know, I, I think I'm okay. I feel okay. I'm, I want to stay home. You know, you work so unbelievably hard to get your baby out, um, you know, in the comfort of your own house for, mm-hmm. for reason. And one of those reasons is I didn't want to stay the night in the hospital. I wanted to be in my own house. I wanted to be in my own bed. Um, and I just wanted that time with me and my, my family immediately postpartum. Um, and so they tried, they actually did, they, they were so respectful in that, and that this, you know, the fact that my answer was no, it wasn't necessarily emergent at that time because they did stop the bleeding, but I was just symptomatic still. Um, so they tried to, you know, they emptied my bladder. I, I wasn't able to stand up and go to the bathroom. And so they had to use a catheter to, um, empty the bladder a few times. Um, I remember keep keep asking. I kept asking them to turn the lights off because I was laid flat on my back. I couldn't sit up at that point because I had lost too much blood. Um, so I had live on my chest still, and the lights in our room were so bright. And I just kept saying, you know, I think if you turn the lights off, I'd feel better. Like, I think it's because the lights are really bright. Mm. And they're kind of looking around like it's not the lights, honey. <laughs> You've lost a lot of blood. It's not the lights. Um, but then around, so they they called in the other midwife. So they called in the backup midwife to come in and bring a second bag of fluids and to bring um, more medication. So they brought additional Pitocin um, and they got going, they got that going at the house. So we were at home and kind of working on this. They gave me, they gave me quite a bit of time at home before I think around like four thirty is when we had the very strong discussion mm-hmm. about transport. Um, and this is when I, it went from me being emotional to me, like begging to stay at home. And I said, you know, if I think if I eat something, I'll feel better. Um, you know, because I hadn't eaten since, you know, who knows when two or three days before. And, you know, after birth, what's when your metabolism kicks back in, you're starving. I was like, I've lost this much blood. I'm not drinking water and not eating anymore. I need food. And I think that that would make me feel better. And they were, I, I mean, after me begging for a while, I'm like, can I have a piece of candy, like a mint, something with sugar, like anything at all? After a while, my, my midwife was like, can her a mint? Like, yeah. just give her a mint. Like, let's just show her that that's not the problem either. So I remember, like, the sweet birth assistant came by and she gave me a little mint. And it was just like, I mean, I was just grasping at straws, I think, mm-hmm. at that point. Um, and so they, they said, you know, you're going to need to be able to stand up and go to the bathroom. And if you could do that... Um, then we can, then we can talk about staying here, but if we can't, if you can't do that, that's more care than we can give you at home. So, mm. um, I think at about five is when I finally was like, all right, let's do it. Let's try to sit up. Um, and they sat me up with assistance and within seconds I was dizzy. Mm. I've passed out before, you know, in the past. And so I, I kind of got dizzy. The ears started ringing, vision got a little blurry and I was like, lay me down. Like I'm going to pass out. Great. And at that moment, like I've, at that exact moment, I was like, okay, well, I need to be able to care for my baby yeah. and I am going to pass out if I sit up or stand up. So call him. Let's go. Like I, I very hesitantly agreed to the transport, but at that point it's like, you know what? It's not that important. I need to care for, I need to be able to care for my baby. Um, and so let, let's just go. Uh, and I remember being really upset by that, but, um, one thing that Jeff said, you know, Jeff is just happy-go-lucky type of guy. He's just always, you know, sometimes he says the wrong things, but a lot of the times he says the right things. And in this moment, he like came up and he was like, you know what, babe? He's like, 
you're good. The baby's good. You did it. This is mm. awesome. He's like, let's just go get a little blood boost. Like, <laughs> you just need a little blood boost. Once you get that in you, you're going to feel great. We'll come back home. No big deal, you know? Um, and so I just always remember that. Like, I'm just getting a blood boost. That's all. I just need a little boost and I'll be good. Um, and so, you know, they called, they called for transport. It was so embar- It was so embarrassing because um, some of our neighbors had known. We had some close friends that were neighbors, and um, they had known we were having a home birth. And I remember Jeff, when he was out watering the hops, saw our neighbors earlier on in labor and was like, "Yeah, Jeanette's inside. We're having a baby." Um, and so I was like, "I am so embarrassed. Like when an ambulance shows up here, is anyone going to be like looking outside? I don't want anyone to see me." Um, and they were like, well, it's six o'clock, so we better hurry up and call them because everyone's going to start leaving for work and they're Mm. definitely going to see you. So that was like a part of their thing. Like, (laughs) let's just get going. Um, and so EMS arrived, uh, and so we lived in about 900 square feet. Our house was tiny and we had a big birth tub in the living room. So when the EMS people arrived, they came in and they, they, we're trying to bring a gurney in the house and they were like, we can't get to the back bedroom with this birth tub and all the, you know, so it was kind of like a logistical issue. They couldn't get back to my room. And so the guy came in and he's like, here's what we're going to do. He's like, I'm going to stand you up and we are going to walk very fast to my gurney outside your house. Mm. I'm like, what? I'm like, I couldn't even sit up. Now I'm going to stand up. And he, and I was like, what happens if I pass out? And he's like, I'm going to catch you. Uh. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is horrible. Um, so I remember that I remember standing up and, uh, walking arm in arm with this guy walking very fast. And I remember by the time we got to the front door thinking, oh, I'm going down, but it was like two steps until the gurney. And they, they got me on the gurney and laid me flat. And, um, Jeff actually called. So the hospital that we were transporting, transporting to was the hospital that Jeff works at. Okay. And so Jeff was, I see Jeff, you know, like on his phone and he's like, I'm going to call. I'm going to let him know that you're coming in. And I was like, don't call. Don't tell them. Like my midwives had already talked to labor and delivery, but you enter through the emergency department and that's Mm. where Jeff works. That's where Jeff works. So Mm -hmm. he's like, I'm just going to call the ED and let them know that you're coming through um, and make sure that they get you straight up to labor and delivery because there was some, there was some back and forth with the EMS people on which hospital we were going to. Mm. We were like, no, we're going to this one. Um, I remember I was also very embarrassed about um, having to go through that emergency department and see all of Jeff's coworkers and some of our Uh friends. You know, like you imagine what you look like after a 27 hour labor. Um, I was like, I was like, Oh man. Um, So that was uh, when we left for the hospital, that was really hard because I had to hand over Liv and I had to leave and Liv couldn't come with me. Uh Jeff and Liv couldn't come with me in the ambulance. Um, So my midwife um, hopped in and she rode with me, which was lovely. Um, um, But I did have to say bye to Liv, which Uh was so, so horrible. Um, but the birth assistants that were at the house, they, um, they were like, all right, where's the diaper bag? Where's the bag for your wife? Like they went through my drawers. They packed me some clothes. They packed up a diaper bag for Jeff. Mm. Um, they got Liv in the car seat and Jeff was like, you know, he, of course he knew how to put her in the car seat. We went and took a little class on that as well. But at the moment he's like, I don't know what she needs, what goes in the diaper bag. Like he got a little bit panicked because he, he did not expect to be doing any of this. Sure. Um, and so they kind of just handled it for him. They got live in the car seat. They put her in the car and he was like, what if I do if she cries? And they were like, nothing, you just keep driving. And they were, he was like, okay. So, you know, we hopped in the ambulance and we, um, we went 
straight away and, and Jeff had Liv in the car and was following behind us. Um, and I asked Jeff last night, I was like, were you guys like right behind us the whole time? And he was like, absolutely not. He's like, I've never drive so slow. I've never driven so slow in my entire life. He's like, that drive was so, was so crazy. Like, you know, he had a couple hour old baby in the back of the car. Um, but you know, Liv, who she is as a person in general, she's very flexible. Um, she, you know, her birth story, you know, they say their birth story just, um, kind of makes their it tells a lot about their personality yeah. uh and Liv's just flexible she was like we're going for a car ride okay she she didn't cry at all Jeff said he was like playing music for her. um you know who knows what type of music but um by the time I got up until labor and delivery uh I remember that it was only a couple of minutes and then Jeff and Liv walked through the door mm-hmm. as well so we were only separated for um just that short car ride gotcha um and the hospital staff, I have to say, it was, um, I think that's being in the, the birth bubble that is Portland. Um, they're very familiar with home birth transfers, mm-hmm. and they were so amazing. And the time we got up to labor and delivery, we met our nurse. Um, she came in, and then she introduced herself, and she said, first, I have to say, um, congratulations. I am so proud of you that you, mm-hmm. that you did this. Um, but also I'm so sorry that you're here because I know that you do not want to be here. So we're going to do everything we can to get you back home as soon as possible. And I just remember being like, thank goodness. Like, Heck I, yeah. Don't, I, I was like, yeah, I was like, thank you so much. You're so sweet. But I do not want to be here. I was like, oh man, this is, just, this is not the way I saw this going, you know? Um, and so a doctor came in right away. They did a bedside ultrasound just to make sure that I didn't have any retained placenta. Um, and I didn't, the bleeding was, uh, that was managed that it had stopped for the most part. Um, they ordered some blood work to, you know, get my blood type and kind of get the levels and see where I was at. Um, it was estimated that I lost about two liters of blood. Um, so quite a bit, that was, that's, uh, uh, that's quite a lot, um, and uh, they just kind of gave us some time to work on nursing. Liv was not nursing this entire time. That's, uh, we just couldn't get her latched on at home. Um, and so that was one thing that we tried to do in the hospital. Um, and then later we found out she had a lip tie and a tongue tie, and that's like a whole different story. Um, but that was what we were kind of doing in the hospital. They definitely gave us food. As soon as the doctor did the bedside ultrasound and said, you don't have a retained placenta, I was like, cool, can we have food? And they were like, yes. So they got us a bunch of food. Um, and actually, like, surprisingly, after eating that first meal, I did feel better. Like, I wasn't 100% clearly, um, but I did feel better. I definitely needed food um, after that long of a period of time. Um, and another like really amazing thing about our midwives is that um, they stayed with us in the hospital kind of throughout this whole um, experience, or at least the first couple hours of that experience. Um, and I remember they uh, we decided to do a blood transfusion that was necessary to get that blood boost, if you will. Um, and the transfusion is slow. It takes about four hours to transfuse one unit of blood. So um, as soon as they got that up and running, um, the backup midwife, our original midwife had gone home. She had been working way too hard for way too long. Um, and so the backup midwife stayed and she said, you know what, I'm going to cuddle live right here in this chair. You guys both go to sleep. Like you need sleep at this point. And, uh, and I just want you guys to get a, de- a good amount. So I just will never remember just being are you sure? Like, it's so weird to get to just go to sleep after all of this has happened. 
Um, but I had my you know IV set up. I'm getting blood transfused, and um, someone that we love and trust very much was holding our baby, and so Jeff and I got like a very decent amount of sleep, which was great. Um, and then after the transfusion was done, they offered to do another unit of blood. They said you could definitely use it, but you don't have to, so it's up to you. Um, and just knowing that it was going to take another four hours, like after that first transfusion, I already felt so much better. And I kind of already started to think like, wow, is this what someone feels like when they don't have a postpartum hemorrhage? (laughs) Pretty good. I I feel pretty good. I could get up, I could walk around like, this is cool. Um, and so I decided to not go with another transfusion. I, um, got up and took a shower, which was lovely. Um, and the only thing that I needed to do to get discharged was I needed to go pee. They were like, we just need you to stand up. We need you to be able to walk to the bathroom and we need you to be able to avoid on your own. Um, once you do that, you're good to go. And so I was like, cool. So I was, you know, we were thinking that we were going to get out of there, um, right away. Um, and when I did, you know, so the bleeding had stopped ever since, uh, early on in the morning, it was very light bleeding after that, which was good to see. But when I got out of bed and I walked over to the bathroom to go to the bathroom, as soon as I sat down to go pee, I passed a very large blood clot. Mm. Um, that was very shock. It was very shocking for me. Actually. I was, I remember just like screaming out to Jeff and being like, get the nurse. And he came in and looked at it. And I remember his face being like, oh, like, whoa, that's huge. Um, and so when the nurse came in, she was like, okay, well, let's get you over to the bed here. And I instantly was like, does that mean I don't get to go home? I was like, so, <laughs> so upset. Um, and she was like, no, that doesn't mean that yet. Let's just get the doc back in here and let's kind of see what's going on. Um, and the doctor did another ultrasound and she said, you know, you've been laying down in bed all day and you've had very, very light bleeding so far. So my guess is, is that all of that blood was just pulled up and it started to clot. And yeah. so if you just pass that clot, that's all it is. She goes, I think you can go home. And we were just, uh, we were just so happy. We were mm. like, yes, like, please. Because at this point it was probably about 7 p.m. So we had been there for about 12 hours um, kind of with all of this. And so we wanted to go to bed in our own bed. Like sure. that was the, one of the main reasons we wanted a home birth, right? Was just to be able to sleep in our own bed, be with our dogs, be in our house. Yeah. Um, so we got discharged at about seven. Um, and one thing I, I didn't mention earlier is we didn't tell any family, um, or friends we were in labor, um, because I just didn't want, you know, the phone calls and text messages sure. and that, that sort of thing. So we didn't tell anybody, but when we decided to transfer, uh, to the hospital, I FaceTimed my mom and I was like, we have a baby. And she was like, yay. Uh, and my mom had planned on coming like a week or so after the birth, just after we got a little settled, she was going to come for a couple of days to meet the baby. Um, and I told her, you know, we had the baby, yay. But I also had a postpartum hemorrhage and we're transferring to the hospital right now. Is there any way you can get on a flight and just come <sighs> right now? And she was like, what? Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. sure. And so that was, you know, first thing in the morning. And so at some point um, that day, my mom got on a flight because she's um, still down in Southern California. And uh, so we knew that she was kind of on the way. And the reason why we, I just decided, like, she needs to come now is because that was just a, too much pressure on Jeff. Like, at this point, if I, you know, we, I need help taking care of this baby, but I also need uh, help taking care of myself. Yourself, like, yeah. I wasn't able to really get up and walk around. I couldn't take a shower on my own that mm. first couple of days, you know. Um, so... It was Oof. really nice because we got, we got discharged from the hospital and uh, we were starving again with food. 
So we got discharged from the hospital. We loaded up the baby in the car and we were driving home. And Jeff's like, can we grab burritos? <laughs> I'm like, um, yeah. So we drove through a uh, so healthy um, Mexican spot not far from our house. And we got burritos. Uh, we got back home by like 8 o'clock. Ate our burritos on the couch, just like holding our baby, being like, this is so weird. Um, and then right about nine, you know, we're going to sleep and I, we had no idea like what to do with this baby. First time parents, you know, I had like the bassinet on the side and I'm like, maybe she's just going to stay in bed with us. So we just laid in bed and I just like, I couldn't sleep. Cause I just didn't, I don't know. I was just first time parent being so worried. And like, right as we go to close our eyes, I hear we have a, um, the, the lock on our front door is just a code, like a button code. So as soon as I go to like close my eyes, I hear like beep, 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 beep. And I hear the door open and I'm like, mom. And my mom just like walks through right at the perfect time. And so she just walks back into the bedroom and I was like, here you go. And I remember like handing her my baby and she's like, she's like, go to sleep. I'll I'll bring her back in in a little bit. And so we, we got another good, like solid two hours of sleep, you know, and then my mom came in and brought her back into nurse and everything like that. But it was just, we were so well supported, not only by, you know, the home birth midwives, but the hospital staff. And then um, the home birth midwives after and when we were at the hospital, we just we were so supported by everybody um, to kind of just make sure that that experience went well. Yeah, um, yeah. So for me, uh, kind of like my big takeaway from that, that birth was that um, when people hear the story, they're like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened or, oh, that sounds really traumatic. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it was. But it was done so well. And mm. I just think it's such a good, um, it's a good representation of home birth. And I, I want people to hear more stories like that because yeah. um, people that aren't necessarily on board with home birth or that are a little concerned about home birth, um, it's their midwives are capable of handling these types of emergencies and they can be done really well in a way that, you know, had this birth been in the hospital, it maybe would have been a lot more traumatic for me, for my right. baby, for my partner. Um, and I just felt like we were, you know, we were just loved and respected throughout the whole, you know, the whole thing. Um, and then the, the very next day after the birth, you know, the home birth midwives continued their care at home. And so they came and did a, um, you know, their, their check on us the next day. And I remember they, they definitely um, kind of tiptoed around that, the kind of talking about the birth story and wanting to process any information. And the only question I had for them was, can I still do this again? Uh, and I remember, uh-huh. Jeff, I remember Jeff looking at me like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, can I have, like, can I have another home birth? Like I need to know that that didn't risk me out oh. of having another home birth. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just so, I was so concerned that, um, that may have changed any future pregnancies for us. And they were like, they just kind of smiled and they're like, yes, you could still do this again. And I was like, mm. great. <laughs> like, that's all I need to know. Thank you very much. Um, wow. But yeah, that was our, that was our story. Oh my gosh. So you may be doing it at home again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, do it at home again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Jeanette, you're amazing. I appreciate you so much. Like you said, all of the variations and all of the representations of how home birth looks are important, you know, just to get all of those different mm-hmm. perspectives, hear about all of the possibilities and outcomes and how they can be managed, you know, with love and support yeah. and badass midwives, like you said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, they really are. Uh, thank you so much again. We appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. 
quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.